This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Report recorded live from inside the Pooptronic Cellular Undersea Base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. Just because your bath don't play tough, because he can reverse the earth and turn your bones into dust. He's your host, Icy Robots. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. It is your dude, Icy Robots, and I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, I think it's going to get a lot less weak. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of the good movies that are coming out this year. It's an exciting year, dude. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. And uh, before we before we get there, let me find this bit. It's an older one, but I I'd like to hear it again. All right, da 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 da, hit it. <laughs> You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. Mind over matter. Mouth in motion. Can't deny it because I'll never be quiet. Let's start this. Hey, it's me. It's your dude. I... I'm on the drilling platform in the middle of the ocean that we use to get down to the Commodore Trench. Usually I'd be down there by now. Usually, usually I meet Iceberg and Emily and we, we shoot down there together. The process in which you get down is similar to those, similar to those pneumatic tubes they used to have at the bank. Remember you'd go through the, you go through the drive through at the bank with your folks and they'd, they put the, uh, the checks and the bills and stuff inside that inside like a plastic cylinder and then they would pass it over and you hear like this this shoop, shoop sound and the the air would force the thing down well it's it's a lot like that we get into these cylindrical ships and we sit down buckle up and we get we get shot all the way down there and usually I meet iceberg and I meet Emily and we all we all shoot down together but I I'm running a bit late. The the boat that brought me out here was just I don't know, man. The driver was um he was being safe. He was being cautious, but it it took him forever. He saw a he saw I don't know what would you call it a school of dolphins, a court of dolphins. I I know not, but he saw a bunch of dolphins and he, he just like slowed down to a standstill. He could have he could have went around them, but he, he sort of waited. It was like. It's like one of those things you see like a like a New Yorker comic strip where one dolphin's going by and the others are going by like a like a row of um, ducklings being led by their by the mother duck. It was it was like that and man, it took forever to get here and they've already gone down there and they've left me behind, man. It's whack. It's raining so hard. The ocean 
The ocean's all choppy. The ride here is not good. Even though, even though I work at the bottom of the sea, I got to admit I'm not like I'm not like uh, Billy Ocean or anything. You know, I don't I don't dig it so much. I get I get queasy, and it takes it takes roughly half an hour for the tube to get down there. Believe it or not, there's a lot of there's a lot of twists and turns. It, it's, it's like it's almost like a roller coaster, but it's not even like meant to be. It's just we got to go around this current. You got to go around this thing. It's like. It's crazy. It takes forever, and they left, so I'm just like, I'm just up here waiting for the tubes, and I'm trying to think of, like, what would be an efficient way to spend my time, and I thought, maybe I'll, maybe I'll record a little bit or something. I, I don't know. This is all, this is all dumb, though, because I, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. I'm just like, up here waiting and waiting, and I, I don't know, it's so wet. The, the water keeps, like, slapping up here onto the platform, and I... I don't know, dude. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to, like, make it here with all this sea life and stuff. It's just, it's, uh, it's really starting to wear on me. I know that it's, I know that it's wearing on Emily. I know that it's, I know that it's long since been wearing on Iceberg. We're, we're the outer space type. We're not the oceans type. You know, there are, there are dudes who really do like the ocean, but it's like, it's not me, man. I'm not one of those guys. I, I don't know. I'm just standing here and getting, getting hit with this water and getting hit with these waves. It's just making me think how I don't think I can hold out much longer. I do my best. I do my best to do the best work that I can. I try to be like a positive dude. I try to do whatever, but it's, it's hard, man. I, I don't know. Oop, that's, uh, that's the, uh, the tubes on the way back. I gotta get over to Gotta get over to number 37. I I don't know where the purple triangle that she wants us to queue up is, though. I I hear them say purple triangle, and I don't know if that's like a region, like the Bermuda Triangle, or if there's like a literal like purple triangle around that we're supposed to stand near. I let me uh let me move over that way. I'm going to pass by this. Here, let's see. I I can see a bunch of other people getting ready to queue up. Let me go, let me go join up over there. Hey, how's it going? No, no, it's good. Uh, no, it's, it's going. Just, just doing my thing. Tube six on loose. You'll arrive on time. Proceed to purple triangle now. All right, I am over here at the I'm at the purple triangle. Just kind of, just kind of doing my thing, waiting for my turn to whoosh down the tube. It's, it's kind of. I don't know. This part at least is like a little bit fun, you know. Let me. Moving up the line, moving up the line. Well, guys, I, 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 I'm up soon. Uh, I'm home. sometimes, sometimes it's, I don't know, it's a little scary, dude. You go really fast. Anyway, I'm, I'm up soon. I, I don't feel like I can record in there. It's pretty, pretty close quarters. This is a little, little nerve wracking, but, um, when I when I get back down, we're gonna go into at the movies. I'm gonna talk about uh, Glass, the latest from uh, M Night Shyamalan. I I thought it was pretty fun. We'll um we'll get into that in a uh, sec. Okay, it looks like looks like I'm up. All right, I'll uh, see you guys in a bit. In a moment, at the movies without Ebert, Siskel. Or even that dude Roper, but you've got icy robots, so that's something, right? David Gunn, you believe 
You are a protector. You need to get out of here. That you are super strong. Almost invincible. But in reality, all of you have a disorder. I don't belong here. You shouldn't be hiding in the shadows. I found someone who will require your full potential. A lot of people are going to die. I'm the only person who can stop him. Rated PG-13. The latest movie from acclaimed visionary director M. Night Shyamalan is a movie known as Glass. It is... It's the third in a trio of superhero movies that he started way back in the day with Unbreakable. He followed it up with Split last year, and now we have, now we have Glass. When Unbreakable came out, superhero movies weren't like, they weren't like the thing to do, man. There were just not a lot of these things going on, and the take that M. Night took on the movie, where, where it was like, it was in the real world, and David Dunn, the the Bruce Willis character in Unbreakable, he didn't put on a cape, he just put on his work poncho, and he went out, and he went out and he fought crime as the best he could. That was, that was like an original take. Nowadays, it seems like everything is kind of like that. Even the Marvel Universe, to a degree, started with, with Iron Man showing up, and that was kind of wacky, and it just kind of got wackier and wackier and wackier as it went along. I really dug Unbreakable when it came out. I saw it in the theater and then I went out to Best Buy and I bought the Collector Edition DVD. And this is back when, this is back when DVDs were like 25 and 30 bucks. Not like how they are now with a lot of, a lot of popular titles being available for like $5 on Blu-ray. I picked up Sicario on Blu-ray for $5 a while ago at Target. But this was, this was back when DVDs were a bit more expensive. So that goes to show you how much, how much I liked Unbreakable. I really dug it. I... I didn't give it much thought, though, and then he came out, M. Night came out with the flick called Split, and in Split, at the end, you discover that this movie takes place inside the, inside the M. Night Shyamalan slash David Dunn universe, and that was an amazing twist, and then we got the word that M. Night was gonna, he's gonna follow it up with another flick, a flick called Glass, which was going to focus on the Samuel Jackson character, Mr. Glass that was introduced in the first movie, Unbreakable. I I thought this was pretty fun. It wasn't by any means the greatest movie that there's ever been in movies, but I had a nice time while I was watching it. I was I was into it. I was uh, paying a tight attention. That's to me a good indicator of how much I liked a movie. Was I was I paying tight attention? And I was I was into it. I wasn't thinking about what I was gonna do afterwards or what I was gonna have to do the next day or what I was what I was gonna have for dinner. I was kind of focused in on what was going on. the The basic gist of the story, and this is all in the trailers and the commercials. So I'm not I'm not giving anything away. Is that a a character played by Sarah Paulson comes in and she she captures David Dunn and she captures she captures James Mac James McAvoy from um from Split. His his supervillain name is the Horde. He has like this this split personality gimmick going on. He captures them, captures Mr. Glass, and puts them all together, and she goes about she goes about convincing them that they are not really super powered. She she's a psychologist who focuses on she focuses on this superhero disorder that some people seem to be popping up with in this time. And she she explains to them how, look, it might look like you have superpowers, but the 
the things that you actually did are things that could really be done. And this, this throws a big wrench into the whole thing. Are they really super powered? Is David Dunn really unbreakable? Can the Horde really survive being shot with a shotgun? Who knows? I... I dug the psychological aspect that they were thrown because it made me start to doubt what I had seen in the other two movies. And the thing with an M. Night movie is you know that he's going to throw a twist at you. And is it possible? The twist is that none of these dudes are really super powered. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I, I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away, but they start leading you in that direction. This is all in the trailers, man. If you see the trailers... You know that she's trying to convince them that they don't have superpowers. That's that's the main conflict in the whole thing. It's all it's all in the mind. But um, I thought this was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. If you if you've seen the other two, you definitely want to see this one. If you haven't seen the other two, you definitely don't want to see this one. It won't it won't be that great. And I wouldn't really even recommend that you go back and you see the see the other two. So if you're in, you're in. If you're out, no need to jump in at this point. When when I was in the theater, dude, there were these kids. Somebody dropped off like three, I'm going to say like 10-year-old kids. And they started, they started running around in the front of the theater. They, they were playing like tag of some sort. They were running and they were running back and forth. And I'm just like watching the movie going, what's going on down there? It was just me, the wife, two other people, and these kids running around. So I decided, you know... I'm going to go down and I'm going to tell these kids to go back in their seat because I'm a grown-up. I'm a parent. I know how to talk to kids. And if I see a kid acting up, I will definitely say so if they are they are unsupervised. And I started to go down there and the kids saw me. They saw me start to come, right? I wasn't like making a ruckus or anything. I was just, I was just going down there and I was going to go, look, you guys, we're here to watch a movie, not play around. Get back into your seats or go out in the lobby if you want to fun around and I, I I could see that they saw me coming, and they just, they bolted out of the theater. They bolted right out, right out the door, and they did not come back. So, that's how fearsome your boy I See Robots is. Let's see what the, let's see what the uh, folks over on Tomatoes got to say. Right now, the movie's at 37 Snoogans on the tomato meter with the critics, so the critics are not liking it. But it is 78% with the audience, 7.8 out of every 10 who see it. They like it. It is PG-13. It's 110 minutes. It does It does play a bit long, I have to admit. It was written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. stars Bruce Willis, James McAvoy, Sam Jackson, Sarah Paulson, and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh, also, David Dunn's son, who was a kid in the first one. He's back in this one. That was... That was cool to see. Uh, is there anything else relevant on glass I want to say before we head out of the uh, M. Night Shyamalan Glassiverse? I I have respect for M. Night. M. Night funds his own movies. I read somewhere that he had to he had to take out a loan against his house to finance this, or maybe it was another one. I don't I don't remember, but he he puts all of this together himself. He writes the stories, directs it, he funds it, he does everything. I. I definitely respect the hustle in this dude. He may not he may not hit it out of the park every time, but even when even when he doesn't, his movies are still they're still entertaining. I go to see everyone. More often than not I'm happy, and in this one I I was happy, so what can I say? On the good old fashioned source magazine mic meter with one being a dud and five being an all time classic. I am going to give M. Night Shyamalan's movie called Glass a real solid three mics. Three, Mike. 
Because of the two 30-minute special programs which follow, the Waltons will not be presented tonight. This week on the show, here did I see Robot is going to look at Wikipedia and read stuff about movies coming out this year. Great. Don't be so sarcastic, because it is going to be great. It's going to be fun. It's going to be more than me just, like, reading stuff off the, uh, off the Wikipedia. It's going to be me, like, riffing on stuff, talking about stuff. It's going to be a hoot, dude. This is going to be a hoot and a half. What we're going to do is we're going to kind of go, like, month by month over the main movies that are coming out over the, over the course of 2019, and I'll highlight a couple that I think you should see, or maybe there'll be none. Maybe sometimes there'll be, like... There'll be, like, nothing, but we're going to talk about, like, just, the, you know, the major, the major tentpole movies of the year, your Captain Marvels, your, your things like that, the upcoming Star Wars joints, you know, you know how it is. Let's, uh, let's just dig into this. I am on 2019 at film on Wikipedia. I, I don't know, dude, I, I just kind of think this would be a good place to start. It, it has this interesting list right here at the front of the top grossing films of 2019. And right now, as we speak, PG-13 horror film, The Escape Room, is the, it's the number one movie of the year with, uh, 39, 39 million bucks. Let's, uh, let's dig into it. We're gonna go right past January because we're, we're already, like, in February by this point. So let's see. The first, uh... The first movie that jumps out to me is Catherine Hardwick's latest film, Miss Bala. It stars it stars one of my gals, Gina Rodriguez, and this is her this is her first foray into action. I think that I think that looks good. There's a Netflix movie with Jake Gyllenhaal called Velvet Buzzsaw that that looks pretty good. Opening up against Miss Bala is the Lego Movie Part Two. That is that's the latest in the saga of Legoland. That looks. That looks amazing. And then moving up ahead, you have Happy Death Day 2 on the 13th. And Alita, Alita Battle Angel. That that looks interesting. That was produced by James Cameron and it's directed by Robert Rodriguez. I think I think that could be fun. It has Mahershala Ali, Jennifer Connelly, uh, Michelle Rodriguez. And then you scoot ahead, you got uh, you got the next week, the 22nd of February, comes uh, How to Train Your Dragon, the latest in that. I, I saw the first one, and I thought it was fun, but I did not see the second one. I think it's on Netflix. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll catch up with that. So, over the course of February, you're gonna have, you got Miss Bala, Lego Movie 2, Battle Angel, Alita, Happy Death Day 2, and How to Train Your Dragon. That's, that's not bad. Nothing... Nothing that really like jumps out as amazing, but they're all they're all kind of fun. March. And going on into March, you have a movie called Chaos Walking with Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. It's the, it's the start of a new sci-fi trilogy. I'm not I'm not sure what the whole deal is. It has something to do with like everybody dies and like mind reading or something, but they must not Lionsgate must not think too highly of this because the next week the next week, Captain Marvel comes out, and Captain Marvel is going to be one of the big movies of the year. So you're only going to get like you're only going to get like one week with uh with Captain Marvel, and then there's a uh, well, not a whole heck of a lot. A a new one by Harmony Korine, who did who did Kids. It has Matt McConaughey and Zac Efron. That that looks like it could be pretty cool. Um, then oh, the same week as Beach Bum is Dumbo. The 
the live action Dumbo. I have to admit, I was not all that interested in it. But then I saw the trailer and I was like, that's a perfect, that's a perfect teaser trailer. I, I turned to 2.0 and I'm like, that looks good. And she's like, that was perfect, man. I had no interest in that, but we are now... We're not going to go see that. That That's always a nice sign. Let's see. Is there anything else? There is an American sci-fi film called Captive State that's coming out. That's John Goodman. Oh, I saw the trailer for this. That this didn't look bad. Captive State. Let's, um... I should have done a bit more research than this. A extraterrestrial force occupies the world enslaving humanity under the guise of peaceful unity. Then, like, rebellion and stuff. I... I think this might be for teens, but I... I still think I'll check it out. March March has three things in it that are kind of genre-related and interesting, so that's, that's not all that bad. April. All right, going into April, things, things start to pop off like crazy. The first week on the 5th, you have Shazam, the, the latest DC Comics film introducing Captain Marvel himself, Shazam, Billy Batson into the film universe, and then also... Up against that is the remake of Pet Cemetery. Then the week after that, you have the reboot of Hellboy with uh with that dude who's the sheriff in Stranger Things rather. That is a uh that's a that's a crazy little period. And then the week after that, you have Avengers, Avengers Endgame. I I don't know. I thought that the Avengers, the one with Thanos, was a really great movie. I liked that a lot. I I'm looking forward to seeing this. This is definitely an opening weekend one, and this will be one of the... This is going to be maybe the most giantest movie that is uh, that is out there the, the course of the entire year. May. The uh, first week of May is kind of wide open. Nobody wants to come in after uh, the Avengers Endgame. There is a movie called Flarsky. It's a comedy with Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. It's written by the dude who did, who did the interview, that movie about... Uh, about going to interview Ken John Un. That was that was pretty fun. But then the next week you get well actually, my bad. This is the same week. You get Detective Pikachu. That that looks like a lot of fun, dude. I I'm crazy into Pokemon Go, so I have a feeling I'm gonna be seeing that for for 2.0, that's one of the this is one of the most hyped movies ever in history. She's like a Pokemon nut from way back. And then you gotta Got a biopic about Tolkien the the next week, as well as John Wick 3. That that looks like it's incredibly violent, but good. Next week, we have Aladdin. This is another another live-action Disney remake. I was not into Aladdin back in the day. I'm not really, like, much of a Robin Williams guy. But this one, this one's directed by Guy Ritchie, so I, I don't know. I probably still won't be seeing it. The week after that, though, you got Godzilla... King of Monsters. That looks dynamite as well as Rocket Man, the um the Taron Edgerton Elton John biopic. Not a bad month. You got that Godzilla, you got John Wick, you got Detective Pikachu, and um I'll probably be seeing Flarsky. Not not that bad at all. June. Starting in June, things really start to pop off. The first week you have the Dark Phoenix. This is the latest in the X-Men saga than the the week after that is Men in Black. I'm not like I'm not like a big Men in Black dude. This has Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson in it. I I doubt I'll be seeing it. I know I'll be seeing Dark Phoenix. I I like those 20th Century Fox X Men movies. Then then uh the same week as Men in Black is a is the latest in the saga of the 
the detective known as Shaft. This is a movie called The Son of Shaft, where I believe it is Jesse Usher is going to be taking over the role of Shaft. I didn't, I did not know about this at all, but you got Sam Jackson in there to, to pass the torch as well as Richard Roundtree. So I guess, I guess it's endorsed. The following week, Toy Story 4. This is going to be amazing. I cannot wait. I will be I'll be lined up outside the theater. I love Toy Story. The same week as Toy Story is a reboot of a uh, of Child's Play. I did not know that this was this was a thing. And then you have an untitled Danny Boyle film. That'll be fun. And the final week, the 28th, is 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. I saw 47 Meters Down. That's the one where I think it's Maggie Grace is stuck under the ocean in a shark's cage. I I don't know what they're gonna do for this one, but I'll still be there. It has a, it has Nia Long. Not a bad, not a bad month. A lot of fun things to, uh, watch and, uh, enjoy. All right. That right there hits the, that hits the halfway point. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be back. We got, we got some state mandated time that we have to supply for PSAs. Uh, hit it. I'm Woodsy Owl and I'm here to tell you about a dirty word, pollution. Help Woodsy spread the word. Never be a dirty bird. Hoo-hoo. Don't paint it right off buildings. That's pollution. Give a hoo. Don't pollute. Never be a dirty bird. Hoo-hoo. Turn your radio down. That's noise pollution. In the city or in the woods, can't keep America looking good. Hoo-hoo. July. Going into July, you start off with a bang with Spider-Man Far From Home. This is the latest with, with the Tom Holland version of Superman. And this one, and this one, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be Mysterio. That should be fun. Then there's also, there's the Lion King. I'm sure that is a gigantic deal for some people. It's not, it's not my cup of tea, but I know that for some people, this is, this is one of the big things of the year. Then the week after that is Quentin Tarantino's latest. I'm super hyped on this. You don't get one of, you don't get one from Quentin every year. So it is going to be called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It has something to do with the Manson family. I am not, I'm not sure of all the details. It's got Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt in it. August. All right, going into August, the first week you have Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. This is a spinoff with The Rock and Jason Statham. It should be it should be amazing. I'm sure it'll be great. Then the same week is The New Mutants. This movie got shelved a long time ago. It is, it's some kind of like a mutant horror film. I, I don't know. It should be cool. Artemis Fowl and Scary Stories Tell in the Dark. They both come out on the 9th. I'm starting to lose my voice. The, the same week is Where'd You Go, Bernadette? My wife, my wife read this and she is crazy hyped on it. It was it was some sort of a book. Then there's going to be a Playmobil movie. And the latest, the latest in the Has Fallen saga with my dude, Jerry Butler. You got Angel Has Fallen. I don't know what that's going to be about, but I got to admit, I got to admit I'm hyped. I need my, I need my uh, Jerry Butler movies. September. September is a brief one. Not a lot opens, but uh, one of Engineer Nerd, if not his most anticipated movie of the year comes out this month. The The first week you got chapter two of It. That should be cool. I didn't love It as much as some people did, but I'll definitely, I'll definitely go see it. Then the next week you got Downton Abbey. I don't know what a Downton Abbey is. I've never seen an episode. I know not. I don't know what a Downton is. I always thought it was downtown, but uh, he's looking forward to that, Engineer Nerd, my dude. So he'll... He'll be stoked, and that is about it. Let's 
Let's just move directly into October. October. October 4th is The Joker, the new uh, Joaquin Phoenix version of The Joker. That that looks interesting. Zazzy Beats is in that. My gal Zazzy Beats. That should be dope. I'm I'm actually quite looking forward to this. I have no idea what it's going to be like, but I know I know it's going to be wacky and then there's a reboot of The Adams Family the same week as Zombieland 2. I'm into that. I think that'll I think that'll be great. You got the cast back together. Emma Stone, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson. That will be great. And that is it going into um, the next month. November. And November starts off with a bang. On the first, you have Terminator. Terminator 6, the latest in the Terminator saga. This has Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Mackenzie Davis from one of my favorite TV shows of all the times. Halt and Catch Fire, that should be good. The next week is a... is a reboot of the Charlie's Angels franchise, directed by Elizabeth Banks. It stars Kristen Stewart, who I like. Then there's a Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog, and then a Kingsman, a Kingsman movie. I think this is a prequel. It doesn't have Taron Egerton in it. Uh, the same week as Kingsman, you have a Roland Emmerich-helmed movie called Midway, about the Battle of Midway, starring Woody Harrelson, Luke Evans, and Pat Wilson. That looks good. Frozen 2. Frozen 2 comes out, and then Ryan Johnson's latest. I I feel bad for Ryan Johnson. I don't think that his Star Wars movie was that bad, and dude did a lot of lot of good work before that, including one of my one of my favorite movies ever, a movie called Looper, another movie called Brick. So I'm excited to see him get back to his own things. This one has Daniel Craig and Chris Evans. Should should be good. Don Johnson, Jamie Lee Curtis. I I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, let's move ahead to the The final month. December. December could mean only one thing. That's when Star Wars comes out. Sure, it doesn't come out till the 20th, but this is, this is the big one. This is probably going to be the biggest thing of all the things. It's the final, the final film in the third trilogy. It's directed by J.J. Abrams. He's back. Everybody's happy about that. I... I don't know what to say, man. I am looking forward to this like crazy. Like everyone, I'm going to be there opening weekend. Going to buy a special popcorn bucket. One of those, one of those novelty buckets that they, that they sell when the big, big movies comes out. This one, this one is going to see the return of Billy D. Williams to the, to the Star Wars universe. I, I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Also, also in December, you get, uh, you get the latest in the Jumanji saga, Jumanji 3. I don't, I don't know anything about that. I did see Jumanji, but I didn't, I didn't really want to, but, um, it was, it was all right. I, I think we went to see all the money in the world, but it was, it was too crowded or whatever. So we split and we ended up seeing Jumanji instead. I don't know. I, what can I say? I saw it, but I may or may not see the see the next one. It has it has Kevin Hart in it. I'm just not a Kevin Hart dude. Also, Greta Gerwig of Lady Bird fame has a movie coming out called Little Women. I don't I don't know if I'll be seeing that. It has Saoirse Ronan and Emma Watson. I really like Emma Watson. I guess I guess I will be seeing that. Bob Odenkirk. I I don't know, man. Maybe that'll be dope. Who knows? So. There you have it. That is, that's a look at the year as a whole. I think the big, big, big ones are going to be Star Wars and Star Wars and Avengers. I think Joker. I think Joker is going to be good. I'm having high hopes for for Spider Man. I like the first Tom Holland one a lot. I don't see why the I don't see why the second one should be any different. We're going to get a Fast and Furious. I. 
I'm looking forward to it. It seems like there's something to see that's interesting at least at least every every week and there's there's for sure movies out there that I didn't touch on at all. I just I was just skimming by the titles and looking at the ones that I that I recognize. So there's for sure going to be other things in there. Plus, we're probably going to have some awesome Netflix movies. I, I'm looking forward to it. This is the gear we want to see. We want to see 100 movies. We're not off to a uh, to a great start, but we'll get moving. We'll get going. I'll see all these movies. It's going to be great. So, there you have it, dudes. I hope that was, I hope that was painless. It was fun for me. It was fun for me to go through and just kind of, just kind of lay out my game plan for the year. I knew some of these things, but seeing them all in order, seeing them all right there in front of me really, really helped me to uh, flesh out the year. So let's move into the uh, final segment. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, it is me, and I am back. Let's uh, let's start with the sad news off the off the jump. I just received notice in the in the Press Democrat, our our local paper up there on the on the Santa Rosa Earth Base, that Perry's Delicatessen, which is which is a local institution, it is directly across the street from Santa Rosa High School, and I spent many lunches hanging out there. We have just found out that Perry's Delicatessen is. I believe right now as we speak closed. I think that they they suddenly shut down one day and that was a wrap for Perry's Delicatessen. When I went to Santa Rosa High way back way back in the olden days, they had an open campus policy. You could you could go in and out as you pleased and across the street from the school was there was a bunch of stuff. There was a McDonald's. There is a McDonald's. There was a yogurt shop that had they had a bunch of those those chick pamphlets, those really scary, super, super religious pamphlets, you know, the little comic books, they, they'd kind of have like a colored stripe on one side and then a scary picture on the other. There was a yogurt shop there that would, would pass those out with the yogurt. And then there was a baseball card shop and also a skateboard shop, the Brotherhood Skate Shop. I found that out found the name of that out from my dude Gino Vega and right next to right next to the skate shop was Perry's Deli. Perry's was like a run of the mill convenience store deli, but they would do boom in business due to the fact that they were they were like right across the street from the high school. And this was this was where dudes would go to get their cigarettes or get their sandwiches. I remember a popular item there was these these long, thin sourdough bread loaves. People would buy these and, like, break them up into pieces and eat them during the course of the day. You could, like, give your friend a hunk of the, uh, of the sourdough and stuff. That was, that was, like, a sign that you were a cool dude. You were going through the school with one of those sourdough loaves because they would only get so many a day and they would often, often sell out. So it was, like, a first-come, 1st first serve. And if you got one of those loaves, you seemed like a cool guy. You were one of those guys who would like peg your pants, wear a members only jacket, that kind of thing. I I did go to Perry's to buy stuff. I would buy sodas and things there. I I hardly ever got up on the loaf. I hardly ever got up on the sandwich. I I am not entirely comfortable with the with the process in which one orders a deli deli sandwich. I don't I don't like all the questions they 
they rattle me, man. I don't know. They offer me these things and they sound good, but I don't know if I really want them or not. It's it's really nerve wracking. So I hardly ever go the deli sandwich route, as delicious as they are. I will sometimes sometimes ask the wife to pick up uh, deli sandwiches, so I don't have to go through the through the process. But at any rate, I I've never really I don't know if I've ever enjoyed a Perry sandwich. I would just when I was in school, I had this gimmick where I would drink a drink from a two liter bottle of Diet Pepsi. I would buy one in the morning and I'd kind of chug on it throughout the day. I did that for for like a period of a few months, and I would go over to Perry's and get my get my two liter. This was how I made it through the day. This is how I got my got my caffeine. But it is it's sad. It's sad to see Perry's go. I don't even know. I don't think so. I don't know for sure, but I don't think so that Santa Rosa has a has an open campus. When I drive past there during the day, I don't see, I don't see the whole entire place swarmed with kids. It was, it was bananas during lunches back when they had the open campus. The, the across the street McDonald's would be swamped. Perry's Deli would be swamped. It was crazy. It was just bananas, man. It was like Mardi Gras. So it's, it's sad. It's sad with, with a heavy heart. I have to say these words. Perry's Deli, they remind us over you. Righty, tidy, whitey. Let's see what else do I have on the on the um the note card that I that I write notes on. That's what they're for, right? I got a oh, this one says a little library. Let's talk about that. My my wife and I recently built one of those. Well, she built it. I don't want to take any credit for that in any way. She is far and away the handier one of us, and she she built this uh this small little house that we turned into a public library that we placed out in front of our. In front of our house on the Earth base, the the main reason that I did this, well, besides you know wanting to spread literacy in the world, was I got like I got like zillions and zillions of comics and graphic novels and books and magazines and things that things I've hoarded over the years that I just I want to get rid of, man. I want to let go. I want to put them in the hands of the youth. I want to get them out there into the hands of people who may may not have the uh, the resources to go get themselves a Superman graphic novel, but may need one. In their lives, we live near a school, and there are kids walking by all the time. So I'm just like, man, if I put a cool looking, uh, cool looking little house out there and fill it up with comics, these these things will go like hotcakes. But what what I have learned is they are not going like hotcakes at all. Let me let me tell you the basic breakdown of the library and what we have out there. Well, let me tell you about this deal. I don't know if this is something that everybody's into or everybody knows about, but there's this thing called the Little Library Program, and people people put like small little library houses in front of their house. And they fill them with books, and you can take one, you could return one if you want, you can just keep it. You can do whatever, it's just a way to, way to spread literacy amongst the world. In my neighborhood, there's one, like, the next block over, and then there's one maybe like six or seven blocks the other way. During, during a ride downtown, let's say, you'll probably pass like five or ten of them. They're, they're all over the place in Santa Rosa, and I wanted to... I wanted to get down, man. It seemed like something to do, and I I did it. But um, the the basic breakdown is this: we have two two big shelves inside of there, and on the bottom shelf, which is the which is the taller of the two, I would say it's probably sixty five percent of the of the height, the interior height. Along the bottom, I have I have it split into two sections. On the left 
is books. And I got a bunch of cool books in there. I got some Malcolm Gladwells. I got some some like Star Wars novels, some Star Trek novels that I read. There's a couple of Stephen Kings. There are like some books that my that my wife donated. Some some like Nicholas Sparks and some romance books and things like that. Just just so we have things that everybody might like. And then over on the other side, I have a small like a small DVD section. I pick up DVDs when I'm at the flea market. The going rate for a flea market DVD is presently a dollar. So I'll I'll pick them up. I'll see if I can grab like five and talk them down to like three dollars. And I'll I'll pick up movies that look cool. I have space for maybe, maybe like six or seven DVDs. And right now I think there is okay, let's go by the ones that I know. I know there's a copy of Mallrats. There's a copy of Clerks, there's a copy of Juno, there is a Blu-ray of Spy Kids, there is an animated one called Batman Ninja, and there is a Blu-ray of Coraline. We got all these at the flea market. There, there's something for everybody in there. Over over the over the months we put out like The Departed. I got a I got a Veronica Mars season one box set. I got this Planet of the Apes box set. And I put all, I'll put those out there. And then across the top shelf. And this shelf, this shelf is smaller. We intended it for magazines. I got tons of magazines. I get like, I get like five or six magazines. And after I'm done with them, I don't want to keep them. I don't want to hoard them. I thought I'd put them out there and people would take them. But that's, that's not proven to be a popular item so far. So one side would have magazines. On the other side, I would have floppy comics, like single Single issue comics from my bins of um discards. These are things like old um Batman's I don't want, old just whatever, just anything that I don't directly collect. There are certain comics I definitely collect, other comics I like to read but I don't want to keep. The ones that I like to read that I don't want to keep go out there. So those are those are along the top. There's also a shelf on the bottom, but the shelf isn't protected. But over the over the like spring and summer when it doesn't rain as much, we're gonna. We're going to put some kind of a neat, like, decorative box out there and just start storing magazines for people. So we've had this out there for a few months now. I try to I try to freshen the stock every Monday, if not every other Monday. That's just the, just the day I've chosen. It's usually after the, after the flea market weekend, so I'll, I'll have gotten some new stuff. I try to freshen it up as much as I can, but what I've noticed so far is that I'll, I'll always put out an Archie Double Digest. I have millions of these. I buy them all the time. For some reason, you find them always at Goodwill. You find them always at the dig. I have bazillions of these, and I'll always put one, like, right in the front. And there, there's somebody in our neighborhood who is, they're an Archie fan, because the Archie Double Digest always go. If I put a graphic novel, I got, like, so many graphic novels I picked up at the flea market that I don't even want, that I've read, I'll never read again. I put them in there. If I put them along the front so you can see them in the window, somebody will always take them. So far, I've gotten rid of a uh, Sentry trade paperback. I got rid of this Batman one, this Grant Morrison Batman one. It's the one where, the one where he reveals that he has a son. I gave that one away. I, I got so many of these. I gave away an Aquaman a while ago, but if you put them in the front so you can see, so you can see the cover in the window as you walk by, they will always... They will always get taken. Now, the floppy comics, they hardly, hardly, hardly ever get taken. I I can tell that somebody rifles, somebody, like, looks through them, but nobody ever takes one. It's it's weird that way. I think that, I think the folks nowadays prefer the graphic novel format rather than the floppy format. I, myself, I like the floppies. I like to look at the ads. I like to, I like to see the letter pages and all that stuff, but I definitely can see the appeal of getting the 
getting the entire thing in a one long story. What else? Magazines hardly, like, ever get taken. Books? Books do okay. It's interesting what people take. I... I myself, if I were going to go out there right now and grab something, I would go for this book that is an inside look at the candy industry. I dig stuff like that. I like inside looks at things. But what people go for is fiction, like mass market fiction, like James Patterson's, like like the Nicholas Sparks I mentioned. That's cool, man. Whatever you like to read, you like to read. I don't, I do not judge other people's taste. You know, you just like what you like. But I... I was surprised to see, like, books that I thought were interesting. Hardly, hardly ever go. I've put out, like, a few neat books about, like, one of them was, like, The History of Super Villainy. That one, that one hasn't gone. I, I don't know. My Malcolm Gladwell's haven't gone either. So I know not what to, uh, I know not what to do to put, um, interest in people's, in people's eyes. But, uh, this is fun. I'm enjoying doing this library things. It's fun to have another thing to look for at the, the flea market. I, I'm always on the lookout for like Stephen King paperbacks. I wanna, I wanna get a whole new generation of Stephen King readers. I realize when I'm saying this that some of you might be like, "Hey, man, you put like Stephen King books out in like lewd movies, like Clerks and Mallrats and The Departed out there, where anybody, where any kid can get their hands on them." I, I did a bit of research. I. I went over to the library and I discovered that at our local library, the Sonoma County Library, they have one card for all patrons. They don't have an adult card and a child card. And with the one card, you were able to access anything within the library system. It's up to the, it's up to the parent, it's up to the people in charge to keep their, keep their kids away from things that they might not want them to see. So I go, I go with that. I figure that in our community, anybody's able to access anything. Now, I'm not going to put anything like... I'm not going to put any smut, any sleaze, any hardcore sleaze. Anything that I put up there is stuff that's generally available at any bookstore, any video store, anything like that. I I don't know, man. I don't feel bad about it. If a kid gets a hold of a movie like The Departed, sure, it's violent, but it's a good movie. It has a lot of artistic merit, you know? Even though even though there is a shocking amount of profanity and there is, a, like, a shocking amount of violence in the movie, there is enough artistic integrity to, to warrant having seen it. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't want kids to see it, but at the same time, you know, parents control the DVD players. They control the whatever. It's, um, it's always on you, you know, to keep an eye on, to keep an eye on your own kids. I, I watch my kid hard, man. I keep an eye on as much as I can, and I, I feel like I've done a good job. I don't feel like it's too hard. I feel like anybody can do it. So, I don't know. Sorry about that screed. I kind of, uh, kind of went off there. But I'm, I'm really digging this, uh, little library, man. It's like I got my own little bookstore. I got my own little, uh, video store. But the, the catch is I don't got to deal with customers. Because I just put it all out there for free. And hopefully, hopefully people are getting things that they like. This is something I would recommend to anybody else out there. If you got a little, little bit of handyman skills and you got some extra comics you want to get rid of, build a small house. Stick it out in front of your big house. And uh, give them away to kids, man. Let's uh, do what we can to to make a new generation of uh, genre fans. That was cool, uh, that library talk. Let's move forward with... Well, let's uh, take some voicemails and text. I put out the... I put out the call the other day and we got some good stuff. If you ever, if you ever want to interact with the show, you can do so at 707-532-JAMS. That's 707-532-5267. It's a, it's an answering machine, man, but it's also like a teletype. You can, you can leave a voicemail or you can leave a text with ever, whichever, whichever you are most comfortable with. Let's, uh, let's see. We got one here. Let's, let's give it a listen. 
IQ Robots. This is a Vic Sage here. Sorry, stepped out away from the Retro's Vaults. I'm at the arcade today. Just saw your notice about, wanted to talk about top five movies. I don't know if I can put them all in order, but just off the top of my head, 1989's Batman is a fantastic one. So is Crawl, Reanimator, The Adventures of Wekuru Banzai, Dragonheart, hmm, and maybe Transformers the Movie. Have a great one, friend. Talk to you soon. Wow, that was amazing. An actual call from Vic Sage. The famous Vic Sage from Saturday Frights, from the Retorist Vault, from all kinds of all kinds of awesome stuff. Vic Sage is a great dude, man. He works at he works at the Arcadia Retrocade in, in Arkansas. And I am I am so jealous. I I myself I have one arcade cabinet. I have Miss Pac-Man. Those of you who those of you who subscribe to the patron only show know know all about that. I I feel great every time I'm around that one machine. I can't even imagine that my work life is around is around not only Miss Pac-Man, but every other. Every other great arcade game there is. I I gotta say, Vic, you you live the life. And I, I definitely appreciate that, man. A top five list from Vic Sage. I I can't believe Batman 89 popped up in there. That that movie just won't go away, man. I I definitely dig your list. Krull is amazing. I love that movie. I I love all of it. Vic, thank you from the bottom of my heart for reaching out to us. You are truly a man among men. When you're down in the vault, tell Rockford I said hi. And also, give a, give a big bow-wow to the projectionist. If you're not listening to Saturday Frights or A Diary of an Arcade Employee, those are those are Vic's shows. I I definitely, definitely recommend that you do so. Let's see. We got, a, we got another one here. Let's, uh, let's investigate. Hey, I see Robot. Uh, this is your boy Joe Nobody. Um, I love the show. I was calling in with a question. I, uh, I live in an alternate universe. And in this universe, uh, I see robots and Mr. Sensational Gino Vega. You guys got beef. I don't know what happened. Maybe someone insulted a casserole. I don't know. But you guys got beef. And the only way to settle this is by a triple tag team professional wrestling match. Right? Might seem unfair. I know Gino Vega, he's... He's a, he's a pro, alright? But has anyone ever seen him in person? I mean, he might just be like a, a Mr. Mom type. But anyway, I mean, that's impossible. But anyway, you guys got beef. So it's three on three. You've got to be one of the wrestlers, and you got to choose two other wrestlers. Each of you have to choose two other wrestlers to be on your team. I want to know why you think you'd win, and uh, and let, 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 the, uh, let the listeners decide who actually wins. But make your case. And, uh, yeah. Love the show. Thanks, uh, thanks for letting me ask the question. Bye now. Okay, uh, Joe, thanks for calling in. Thanks for reaching out. I definitely, definitely appreciate that. That's, that's some thought-provoking stuff, man. I, I don't know. Let me see. I, I gotta come at this the right way. And I think that, I think that one of the ways I'm gonna, I'm gonna get over in this wrestling match is I am going to pick... Gino Vega's personal favorite wrestler of all the time and space, a man that goes by the name of... A man that goes by the name of Roman Reigns. Since since we live in an alternate universe, I am going to... I'm going to go ahead and theorize that in this universe, Roman Reigns is stricken with a... with a uh, life-threatening case of leukemia. He is the virile 
super stud Roman Reigns that we all know. And then then to kind of balance it out and make it make it a bit of fun, I think that I think I may go ahead and pick a 75-year-old noted super shooter, a former UFC champion, a former NWA world champion, a man that goes by the name of Dan the Beast Severance, just in case, just in case Gino Vega tries to shoot on us. We can send uh, Dan in there to uh, tie him in knots. I I would like to win this match, obviously, but I'm going to go at it like this. I'm going to book with I'm going to book with the future in mind, and in the first match, I am going to lay down. I'm going to let Gino Vega get me in his uh in his finishing move, the camel clutch, and I will tap out because this will set up a big money rematch in the future, where in which I get to go over. I get to get him in my finishing move. Which is, of course, the, uh, stiff chair shot to the head. <laughs> I, that's my finisher. I just hit him, I hit him in the head with the chair really hard. I, I don't know what the beef is about either, man. Me and, me and Gino generally get along very well. He's, he's a bit of a prima donna at points, I have to admit. When he was, when he was doing the podcast for the show, he had a writer that was, it was as long as a roll of toilet paper, man. He wanted Mike and Ike's, he wanted Twizzler's. He also wanted black licorice. He's the only guy I've ever known who likes Swizzlers and black licorice. He's he's a fiend. He wanted dark chocolate-covered almonds. He wanted kombucha. He wanted big jugs of Pliny the Elder. All this, all this stuff, man. Sashimi, all kinds of, like, all kinds of fresh fruit, pomegranates, dragon fruits. I, I hadn't even heard of a lot of these things. This guy, this guy was impossible. This is something that is... Up until now, been been sort of uh, sort of like secret info, but in reality, he was actually fired from the network. His his demands were too high. He was a prima donna. One day, he threw his shoe at an intern. I couldn't believe it. It was it was disgraceful. He he threw his size thirty seven work boot at a at a poor young intern. So I don't know, man. Joe, thanks for calling in. Thanks for reaching out. You're you're a real peach. All right, we got we got one more voicemail, and then we got then we got a text. Let's let's actually let's take the text first. Let's uh let's get that booted up here. What did what did it say? I can't find it. Oh my gosh. Uh, let's uh let's see. What is it? Is this it? No, this isn't it. Is this it? Where did it go? Let's, um, let's see. I have an unread message. Well, where is the message then? I would, I would like to read it. I, oh, it says, it says quite simply, top five dog movies. This is, this is from our dude E Nerd over on Twitter at Engineer Nerd. Top five dog movies of all the time. I, I like some movies with dogs. I, I try to avoid them because they they always have like like sad parts and I I can't stand it when they get the heat on a dog. But just like off the top of my head in no particular order. It's too hard to order them. Let's let's see. I like I like my dog Skip. I think that's a fantastic movie. Makes me cry like a baby. I like Isle of Dogs. We all know that. Um Eight Below. That was like a dog sledding movie with Cuba Gooding. I like that. I like that movie Alpha. That came out last year. Oh, Cujo. You can't forget Cujo. Favorite dog movie of all time. Cujo. There you go. E-Nerd, thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Even though, even though you're wrong, man. 89 Batman is not the, it's not the best superhero movie of all time. It's not even the best Batman movie of all the times. That, of course, is Mask of the Phantasm and or Lego Batman or even, even Dark Knight. Let's, uh, let's see. We got one more voicemail here. Let's, uh, let's check that out. 
Hey, what's up, IC Robots and everyone out there in the IC Robots Radio Network universe? Uh, it's me, Mr. Sensation Gino Vega, and I'm just calling in because I've been hearing some chatter on the show lately. I've been hearing some talk, uh, primarily from one uh, engineer nerd, that uh, 1989 Tim Burton Batman movie starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Um, I'm hearing him say that this is, was it was it the greatest, I don't think he was saying it was the greatest movie of all time, greatest superhero movie of all time. Let's not get too crazy. But we're still getting crazy enough by calling this the greatest superhero movie of all time. Let's get down to brass tacks here. I've got to agree with IC Robots that this movie, I'll admit it was like a momentous thing at the time. I remember just being beside myself with excitement and anticipation. This movie was going to change the game forever. I went to go see it, and it's not that I was disappointed in the theater. I definitely enjoyed watching it, but like IC Robot said, I mean, the thing was basically dated a week later. It just, it just it couldn't hold up. It couldn't stand up to the weight. It couldn't it couldn't withstand the test of time. The uh, the sands of time just uh, etched itself right over that cheesy looking Kevlar outfit that Michael Keaton was wearing within a week and the thing was all eroded and, and over and done with and then we were on to the next iteration of Batman and so on and so forth. I will say I do somewhat agree with what Icy Robots was saying about Batman inherently not holding up well over time live action. Um, I Personally, I didn't see the Christopher Nolan Batman movies until quite a few years after they originally hit theaters, and I didn't find them to be super dated when I watched them, but now granted, this was it's been a few years since that, too, so who knows how they look to me now. Um, I will also add that the one live-action iteration of Batman that is the evergreen Batman as far as the style and time period of the Batman comic book that is depicting is the Adam West Batman. That one, to this day, still looks exactly like the time period and the style of Batman that it was trying to represent. And uh, it's funny, because it's definitely not my favorite of the Batman. Um, I'm not a huge Adam West era Batman fan, but I will give him props, and I will give that production crew props that they did the best job, in my opinion, of all the times of all the Batman crews of putting... Uh, the Cape Crusader up there on the silver screen, as it were. Um, best live-action superhero movie of all time, though, from the Sensational One's perspective. I'm not to get back to you on that. I hadn't thought about that until just now live on this call. So what would be my take? What would be my rebuttal to Engineer Nerd? I'm not so sure. But eight- Well, speak of the devil and he shall appear. It seems... Seems like Mr. Sensational got, uh, got cut off there, but I, I appreciate you, appreciate you reaching out, I, 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 I dig it, man, you, you are like me in the camp of those who do not think 89 Batman is the greatest superhero movie of all the times, I, I definitely agree with you as far as, um, oddly enough, Adam West Batman is not dated in any way, it's as fresh as the day it was, the day it was created, I, I appreciate anybody who wants to reach out and leave us a message. You can do so. 707-532-JAM. 707-5267. Mr. Mr. Sensational, I I kind of have a thought based on based on what you brought up in that that message. It's almost like when Tim Burton made 89 Batman, he was, he was trying to make a 1989 version of the Adam West Batman as if the Adam West Batman was conceived 
1989. But in 1989, that's not what Batman was. Batman was a bit grittier. Batman was a bit darker. Batman, Batman was a lot of things. I, I wonder if Tim Burton had ever even read a Batman comic. I'm sure he's read some. I'm sure he did his research. But I do, I do kind of sort of feel like that movie was based on the Adam West Batman. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. When the movie came out, I thought it was fun. But it just doesn't have the, uh, doesn't have the panache of the Adam West. Doesn't have, doesn't have the grit of Chris Nolan. I don't know. Doesn't have the fun of Lego Batman. I, I don't know what to say. Mr. Sensational, I definitely appreciate you reaching out. And let's see, I think, I think that's it. I think we're done with the voicemails and stuff. And it also looks like we are getting up around the, around the hour mark. Is there anything else on the card? I wanted to talk about Migos. I wanted to talk about Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Discovery has started. It's on the CBS All Access. I myself, I get it as a Roku app, but whatever, whatever, you know, form of streaming thing you use on your TV, you can definitely get it on that. I would recommend doing so through the logbook.com. That's my main dude, Earl Green's. Earl Green's side, he gets a little kickback from uh, CBS if you do so. That's how I, that's how I signed up. It's only like five bucks a month and I dig it. I myself am loving Star Trek Discovery. I know that it's not it's not everyone's cup of tea as far as Star Trek. It is a bit more action oriented than a lot of a lot of the more like push buttons and talk sort of sort of Star Trek that we got used to in uh, next gen. But it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, Sonequa Martin Green, who plays Michael Burnham, the the lead character, is really great. I don't know I don't know the name of the chap that I got playing Captain Pike. Captain Pike was introduced this season. I don't know the name of him off the top of my head, but he's he's really great. He was in that show, was it called? I forget what it was called. That cowboy show that was on AMC where they were they were building the railroads. He's that guy. And he's he's pretty great as Captain Pike. As so far, I've only seen the first two, but they've they've both been great. I'm having a great time. I watched the first one twice. I haven't got the chance to watch the second one twice, but I I'm digging it. I understand they're going to be coming out with a couple other shows, an animated, like an animated comedy, and also a a show about Section 31, which is kind of like, they're like the Black Ops CIA guys in um in Starfleet. They do, they do the dirty work that uh, nobody else wants to. And there's going to be a show, show based around that. So they might be keeping my five bucks for a, for a while now. I, I don't know. Let's, uh... Let's save the Mego talk for next episode. There's a lot of Mego news. If you follow the Mego forums, the Mego ambassador group, any of the the Mego museum type stuff, you definitely know what's going on. A lot of a lot of the new ones have been released online as far as like pictures and stuff, and some of them have even started to show up in store. I've heard I've heard of a few dudes finding Muhammad Ali's in Target, and I know that Andre the Giant Andre the Giant was a recent announcement. He's been available on the on the Target website. I have not yet been able to get my hands on one, but I I'm hoping too soon. I got them both bookmarked, and I keep I keep refreshing, hoping that uh hoping that they'll pop up. I also think Marilyn Monroe and Farrah Fawcett are available on the Target website, and the other ones the other ones are available for pre order on the on the wholesale tip. I. I'll save a lot of this for the next episode. We just dropped we just dropped a patron-only episode of the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe on uh, supportthereport.com. That's our Patreon. It's about Swarm. Swarm is like a Nazi, like a Nazi bug combination. He's he's super gross. It's a fun episode. You're gonna you're gonna love it. You can get down with that for as little 
as a dollar a month. It helps. It helps a bunch. You can definitely give more than that. I, I appreciate the patronage from the bottom of my heart. We re-released the fifth episode of the POS, the patron-only show that recently came out. I... I love the patron-only show. I'm having such a fun time making it. I think it is so... I think it's so great. And everybody who's reached out to me, they also think it's equally great. So please, please consider becoming a show patron at supportthereport.com. You can get all this fun stuff. There is probably like 35 or 36 patron-only episodes only. They're not 36 episodes of the POS, but like 36 episodes of like... Real Wisdoms on there, Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe, there's a bunch of my mixtape shows, I See Robots Radio, which is all music and all fun. I I appreciate it. It helps keep the lights on. Support thereport.com. I I'm gonna check out. I think we're gonna be back next week with if everything works out right, we're gonna spend a bit of time talking about Star Wars action figure carrying cases. I I like them, they interest me, and we'll well, hopefully I have a nice, fun segment about that. But until then, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off for, well, everybody who called in, Iceberg, Anson uh, Kate, Engineer Emily, I don't know, anyone else, if you don't know, and I know. has been I See Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day R. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. Everybody love everybody! Come on! Portions of our broadcast day may be presented either in whole or in part by means of videotape or film reproduction. This is KTXL TV 40, signing off the air, ending another schedule of broadcasting. KTXL Sacramento, Stockton, California.